What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. It's too much on the line. You know, it was too much that Rivers' touchdown record went. That was too much emotion for me this week. <laughs> to go and make a prediction about what we're going to do in the last game, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to sit, enjoy, see what happens on the day. Happy New Year, Bolt fam. And welcome to edition 66, 66 of the Charles Up Bolts podcast. It's 2022. The season is alive and we are heading to Las Vegas, the desert, for what is basically one of the biggest games uh, in, in our franchise's history in, in recent times. A nice little cheeky win will set up probably a... Uh, a, a wild card game against the Chiefs. Uh, we're assuming that the Titans will take the number one seed, but let's not get into that right now. Let's uh, have a quick chat uh, about our great win on Sunday, as predicted by Mr. Ayers down there at the bottom of the screen. Predicted a bit of a blowout. How's it going, John? Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you as well. It's uh, going great. Can't uh, couldn't be happier with the results. Uh, I was at the game, so obviously it was very. <clears throat> it was good to see. Is, yeah, I know. It was, it was good to send them off with a win out of SoFi. I mean, likely the next time we see them in SoFi, uh, would have to either be the uh, Super Bowl uh, or next <laughs> season. So, <clears throat> yeah, exciting times, exciting times. Uh, Mr. King there with the the greatest Chargers hat I've ever seen. How's it going, buddy? You all right? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I've had to turn my webcam's light off just because this hat is ridiculous with the light shining yeah, on it yeah. as well. <laughs> just to give you a bit of flavour there. That is, oh yes, they can. Ooh. Yeah, it's something, that, right? mate. They can see that in uh, Orange County, buddy. But <laughs> yeah, for, look, sure, for sure, for the uh, Mr. Mr. Bermudas up there, the top right is now on a five hundred dollar fine. It's, it's the it's the seventieth. Oh, sorry, the the sixtieth podcast running without no charges here. I reckon his missus has got rid of it all. <laughs> Mate, I'm just, I'm just not caving. You'd like, it's like a thing now. I just can't. You know, if we get eliminated for the playoffs, maybe I'll change my, my, my ideas. But to be fair, we're doing all right without me wearing Chargers gear, aren't we? The, the, the beard's uh, matching the hat there as well, looking very sort of brownish reddish. <laughs> anyway, look, it's all good to see you guys in 2022. Um, we finished the season with a bang. It's, it's exciting times ahead. I want to talk about Denver briefly before we go into the Raiders game. Um, I want to I want to just talk really defense. I thought the defense were magnificent on on Sunday, made some huge stops. Dan, who who caught your eye on defense from Sunday's game? Um, well, the first thing is I saw Chris Harris make a couple of tackles, so that was that was just an, an amazing step up from the week before. Um, but how could it not be Tillery in that first? that first defensive series just straight through the sack. Um, and then obviously we've all surely at this point seen the clips of the Broncos calling Bosa tired and Bosa just completely shutting down the run on the following play. It's just, yeah. it's just monstrous that. It's interesting. I've just listened to Brandon Staley's live presser and they said, you know, um, I think it was uh, Jeff Miller said from the LA Times, he said, Do you, does does Joey play better when he gets angry? And to which Brandon said, he said, you'll have to ask him that. But I think it's more circumstantial than anything. Look, you you want to you wanna poke the bear, crack on. You know, he, do, he doesn't need an excuse to come after the quarterback. But if, if that's, 
He'll that's take the way it. you want to play. He'll <laughs> take it. Bez, a couple of uh, dropped uh, catches, uh, potential interceptions there by Derwin. Any, any thoughts on that? And he was really annoyed when he, at the end of the game, like, I've not got a pick. We've not got any picks. It was a disappointment. And I like that attitude. You know, he was there, though, wasn't and... he? We had defensive yeah, yeah, backs in the right position. Do you know, I just thought it was a, a much better, cleaner game. And and one thing I wanted to see from the, from the two defeats, in particular coming off that Houston stink-up, was coming back home and just dominating and just improving across the entire roster. And that's what we got. You know, the biggest, the biggest excitement I had is that special teams, which we've been bemoaning for seasons, suddenly exploded. What a return that was. Was it 101 yards, boys? 101 you know? yards. So what a pickup from a guy that, that we, we lose to the Texans and, and we stink it up. But the guy we nicked from them uh, comes in and scores a touchdown. It was a cleaner game. They were playing angry. They responded. Like like Dan said, Bosa came in angry. And I like to see him when he really, he's tired, mate. I'm not. And tired, it's like, yes, lad, that shows that there's some hunger there. And we go into this game against the Raiders, winner takes all. Well, maybe not if the Colts lose, and then we just all <laughs> kneel down. And it's not, it's not quite what we thought. But I wanted to, I wanted to see that reaction towards the end of the season because John said last week that most good teams play their best football at the end of the season, and we haven't been doing it. And that was a complete game. That was that was miles better, and I was much happier. Look, De- Denver have got a good running game. You know, they're no mugs. They they haven't got they haven't got a um, even a tier two quarterback in my eyes. But they've got a uh, a very very clever coach in Vic uh, Fangio. That they're they've got some good skill players. Uh, we came away with a win. We didn't we didn't charge her, uh, as they say. Um, we didn't. Um, look at any time like we were going to sort of uh, give up the game. I was a bit disappointed with giving up a field goal with six seconds left. That 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 annoyed me. But, John, we've spoke about the defence a little bit. Have you got anything to add on D or do you want to speak about the team in general? Any any takeaways? I mean, they are who I thought they were. The team that's going to go in there and roll on the Broncos. So, um, again, I mile high is a is just a place of misery and of weird fluky games and fluky plays and just uh, just charges just not showing up. Um, so, you know, I was, I was positive. I was feeling pretty positive going into the, the game this year with at mile high, but I always had that, you know, that trepidation, that worry. And I said it throughout the whole week. I'm worried about this game. This is a game that they should win, but like weird things happen in, in mile high. And it's what happened. So then they bring it back to SoFi to run it back. And I'm like, there's no way. All right. This, this team is, is after, after a tough loss, I knew they were going to rally. I knew that they were going to use the, the Broncos as a punching bag and they did. So I'm glad to see that. Um, the defense looked really good. The offense struggled early on, uh, and then they got going I mean, they did, but honestly, the defense and the special teams were the story of the game, not really the offense, you know, save for a couple, couple lightning plays from some of our playmakers. The, the offense was pretty mundane. And honestly, it was what worried me the most. It was another one of Lombardi's games where I don't, again, I don't know if it's a Lombardi thing. I don't know if it's a Staley thing, but it seems like whenever they're playing inferior opponents, they get very conservative on offense. The play calls don't seem to be aggressive. They don't seem to be trying to push the ball down the field too much. Again, I'm not saying they don't. Okay. Don't, don't hear, don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay. I'm not saying, Oh, they don't push the ball downfield. They don't take shots. Of course they take shots. They're always going to take shots. Every team takes shots, no matter what. I'm just saying that, like the play calls were very mundane. A lot of, a lot of random stuff. A lot of like, hey, it's third down. Let's just run a draw play. Why? 
why because it's a safe play right so uh, you know i don't love how conservative they get i'd love to just see them play you know uh, excited i'd love to see them play just kind of like every game is a game to lose um and 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 that they have to just play with every 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 punch they have i wish they would do that every game because i feel like they would have a much better record if they did i don't think they lose to the vikings they definitely don't lose to the texans and you know maybe they pull out that win against the the um the cowboys too right like i don't i don't know if they have to play a little different so i don't know i, I was a little bit worried about that but ultimately there's not much to be worried about the team played well you know you and you know you can look at the efficiency stats obviously the offense is not bad Right. We're not talking about a bad offense or right, of any kind. OK, just because I didn't like the way they played doesn't mean that they played poorly. They played really well. They did a good job. I just think that that uh, those are the types of tendencies that you can see uh, getting a little scary. The good news is we're likely going to be the number seven seed if we make the playoffs. Uh, when we make the playoffs. Um, sorry. Uh, when we make the playoffs, we're going to be likely the, the number seven seed, meaning that we're going to be the underdog in every single game. So that's what I like to see. I like this team when they're playing as the underdog. I like them playing with a chip on their shoulders. So uh, I'd much rather have that than have them going into a game as the as the favorite. So, um, you know, that's, that's how I feel about the team right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd just like to sort of uh, uh, finish off with, with, a, with the fact that the NFL is is we talk about the the draft being a lottery and Bez has already mentioned there about um, Andre Roberts. Teams didn't want him. We picked him up. Um, he could be the difference on on, on Sunday night um, because we're now not talking about we need Herbert to bail us out because the defense is not playing well. As you've just mentioned, John, defense <clears throat> and special teams were probably the two teams that. Um, stood out the most on, on Sunday's win. Mm -hmm. It's the first time we've we've had a complete package for some time. <laughs> we haven't got enough uh, of a sample size to say that this is this is a fix going forward. But we're going to find out on Sunday, and I want to talk about Sunday's game because this is absolutely massive. Still a bit annoying that we're we haven't put ourselves in the driver's seat. But going back to your point, John, about. Dallas, about the Vikings, etc. Look, the Raiders and the Chargers are fighting for the wildcard spot in the last game of the season for one reason. They're up and down. One minute they're good, one minute they're bad. And I think if the Chargers play anywhere near to the level that we have done this season when we've beaten the, the, the Chiefs, we, we beat Denver last week, um, putting the uh, uh, big points against the Browns, I think we're going to be unstoppable. But we've just got to be consistent and hope that we don't have any two more, uh, sorry, any more um, COVID scares going down the line. Bez, I'm going to come to you first. The first thing, the, the, the first question on my sort of uh, radar is how we deal with Unter Renfro because he hurts nearly every team that he plays against. Have we got enough to deal with him in Sunday? And is he the main threat in your opinion? I think that, do you know what, it's one of these games where I'd, I'd be quite happy for us to sit on Hunter Renfro with a couple of defensive backs, corral him out of the game and just let Bosa wreck. It, it, it will fundamental issue here is going to be on, on both sides of the ball. How quick can we get the pressure to limit the amount of time someone like Hunter Renfro gets down the field to expose potential frailties in our secondary? And Bosa looks up for it. And I think as well, Justin Jones really came through and looks every time he plays, we're a better team. And I said this early on, not everyone was in agreement, but, but I see him as one of our key parts of our playoff push. Um, but, you know, what we're not talking about is our ability to create time and space because MVP Trey Pitkins 
um, came through and the O-line came through. looks like Corey Lindsley is going to be back for this game. So while the Raiders may... Yeah, we need to rush the Raiders to stop them having time. I have faith that on O-line, whichever guys line up, are starting to take strides forward. Maybe the Broncos weren't the great pass rush in the world, but they were they were fantastic in just stopping what was ahead in front of them. And I think they could do it again this weekend. Dan, any, any, do, you, do you agree with that? Have you? Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good um, way to look at it. I think the biggest problem we're going to have this coming weekend is ourselves and like just actually following through on a game plan and not just throwing it away. I mean, we're undefeated in that stadium. So let's not forget that. Like true. We are. Oh, uh, one and oh in, in Las Vegas, um, in the room, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think back to your point, Hunter Renfro. Yes. He's, he's a problem. He hurts everyone, but, I don't feel really that concerned. Knowing that Doe and James is back um, in the team at the moment is is enough for me to not really have that kind of fear. I, I'm not worried about how Nas Adley is going to play if Derwin is there. I'm not worried about how Chris Harris is going to play if Derwin is there. Um, I just, we need our guys to go out there and do what they're there to do. We need Keenan Allen to go out there and catch the passes, not drop half a dozen. Um uh, and then, then I guess it just comes down to stopping the run. Uh, and if we continue like we did this last week, um, what was it, eighty something yards we gave up to Denver? Then I think we're we're in a good position. Yeah, stopping the run. I mean, yeah, that that's you know, we've seen it before, haven't we? Running backs have had a, a season high against the Chargers. So maybe maybe we are now getting into a rhythm. Maybe it might be a little bit too late. Who knows? But maybe we are getting to that rhythm now. It could be circumstantial that that the that Denver didn't play as well as they wanted to on the day. Who knows? But the ultimate thing is that we come away with a victory. I mean, John, um, I've I've spoke about uh, Renfro because you know he's a bit like Noah Fant the other day. You could see that you could see that that he, he was ghosted out left. Nobody went with him. He made a huge gain, and that's my biggest fear on on Sunday. Is we we jam. Um, um, the Raiders on a on a third and long, and then we invite we invite them to uh, march down the field as we have seen this uh, this season. Have we got enough in our locker this this week to prevent that from happening? Uh, to me, there's one key to this game, <clears throat> and you know you can talk about Hunter Renfro, you can talk about Josh Jacobs, you can talk about Darren Waller, you can talk about everybody. The one key to the game is getting pressure on Derek Carr. That's it. Right. That's the only thing I want to hear about. <clears throat> Derek Carr is a very good quarterback when he has time. When he is not under duress, Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. But once you put him under duress, he starts getting happy feet. He starts sailing passes. He starts tucking and running when he shouldn't. Um, when he gets behind, he'll start forcing passes. So for me, getting pressure on him, making his day and life uncomfortable, it's number one. Number two, getting an early lead. I think that the Raiders are not a team built to come from behind. I don't think they're I don't think they're designed to overcome deficits. I think they're designed to hopefully get a lead and hold it uh and you know keep keep scoring to to hold on to the lead but not not to actually come and take over a lead. I don't think they're designed that way. The defense is is Gus Bradley. We know exactly how Gus Bradley likes to coach. He likes to do the warm butter. He likes a lot of prevent. He likes a lot of guys sitting back 
uh, you know, crowding boxes when he thinks there's going to be a run. And uh, he likes to just kind of play it easy and not give up the big play, right? That's that's Gus Bradley in a nutshell. That's that warm butter defense. So that defense is great when you've got a lead because when you've got a lead and you're protecting the lead, you're forcing the other team to waste a lot of clock. Now, on the on the flip side of that, if you're trying to come back and your defense can't get off the field because they keep giving up all these dink and dunk first downs and they keep giving up that uh, ultimately draining clock and ultimately leading to points, that makes it really hard. So I do not think the Raiders are set up to, de- uh, to come back from a deficit. So I think if they can get ahead early, right? I know everyone always, you know, we always talk about, hey, it's good to receive in the second half and have that opportunity. I don't care. I want to receive right away. I want to put pressure on the Raiders right away. I want to score right away. I want to force some sort of a turnover or a three and out right away and then get more points. I mean, if they do that, they did this last time they played at SoFi and they get up double digits real quick. Uh, I can see this Raider team collapsing, right? I, I can see them collapsing on themselves. I can see them never, I, I can see them digging themselves a hole they can't get out of. Right. And I think that that's, that's what I think the two keys are getting an early lead and making Derek Carr uncomfortable. Um, because by doing those two things, you've, you eliminate the passing game and you eliminate their ability to lean on the run because, Hey, they're playing from behind. They got to make up some, some points here. So I think those are the two keys for me. If they're going to come into Las Vegas and take a win. I, I, you know what? I'll just add to that as well. Cause it's a great point is that first things are first, if you get ahead, like John says, and you, then you're, they're going to have to put the ball in the air and guess who's going to be wanting it. Derwin James, he, he's gutted. I've seen this video of him saying, you know, Locke was throwing gifts and he dropped it. He's going to be playing angry. He's going to want a pick. He's going to want to turn up on national television and dominate. So make them put the ball in the air and let that Derwin go get it because he's going to get it probably. If you're going to if you're going to throw it, you know that Derwin's going to be sniffing around. Um, but the other thing is, you mentioned about the pressure. Let's not forget Derek Carr cowering before he was even taken down in the last game. That is in his mind. We need to remind him early that we're coming for him. Just pressure. Even if you give up a 20-yard pass early doors on their first possession, but Bosa's just there to bang, he's going to get in his brain and he's going to be a different quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing an early uh, roughing the passer penalty just to get in his head like, hey, uh, uh, guess yes. what? We're coming for you, right? Well, right? We're coming for you. I'll sacrifice 15 yards to uh, put the fear of God inside of Derek Carr. But, John, that that's a that, that you just you basically stole my thunder because that was a point I was going to come to. The Raiders teams that have won Super Bowls under the likes of Al Davis, they played dirty. You know, they didn't play by the rules. And, and that is a great point. I, I'm not going to say that Brandon Saini is going to sit in that locker room and say, roughing the passer early on. But I'm telling you now, that defensive room, I would not be surprised if James and the likes of Kaiser White, Jerry Tillery and Joey Bosa are having a bit of a chat, say, look, somebody get to him early. Whoever gets to him first, dinner's on us. Because it's a mental thing. And I, I, Bez, you're absolutely right. I've always said this. Carr, in my opinion, he has not got the mental um, uh, fortitude. Yes, he, he, has, he hasn't got the moral courage of some of the other quarterbacks. And, and I, I'm not trying to be, be witty. I'm just saying what I've seen. All this, I'm not buying. I'm not buying this Raiders three wins on the bounce. I'm going to take you back to Week 12. They beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, 36-33. They then lost to Washington, 17-15. Kansas City put 48 on them. They, they responded with nine points. Then they went on that three-game winning run. 16-14 against the Browns. 17-13 against Denver. 
Indianapolis stubbed their toe, just like we did against the Texans. Uh, the Raiders came away that 23-20. There's nothing there that scares me at all. And I think if if we get have our way, we get a few three and outs in the first quarter, um, we start forcing errors, I think that's where we're, go- we're going to win this game. Um, but on that same token, I'm, it's trying to encompass what everyone said. Dan made the point about making sure we don't shoot ourselves in the foot because I'm not saying that we're going to um, fall into trap of what we, we, we've done in the in, in the previous uh, two or three seasons, but I do not want to see us having a commanding lead and then letting the Raiders start creeping in because then we'll start getting nervous. I think we just have to go for it um, and just hope and pray that the Zebras don't start doing anything stupid. Bez made a point there about those there in the ball and, and us looking for an interception. Asante Samuel got flagged for a DPI on Sunday. Absolute horseman here. Fortunately, they, uh, it, it was a foul on both players and, and that got wiped out. But it's little things like that that could upset the game. But we need to do our job and, and do it well. Um, talk about the offensive line. Trey Pipkins, we've all giving him some criticism on this podcast because he hasn't played well. Sunday, zero pressures. John, can he continue that form if he gets selected on, on Sunday night? Uh, I don't know. The Raiders have a pretty good set of pass rush, pass rushers that I think can, can really cause havoc. And I think they do a good job um, getting pressure uh, even without blitzing because we know how little the Raiders want to blitz. So, um, you know, we're going to have to watch out for that. Um, but honestly, I, I, from what I've seen the last two games, and I haven't really had a chance to really sit down and look at the tape specifically for um, for Pipkins. I've kind of I've rewatched some of the games. I've watched a little bit of the All-22, but I haven't really had a chance to, to sit there and isolate Pipkins' play. Uh, but from what, I, from what I can gather, he looks more confident, and he seems to have a better handle of the game. I don't know if it's just something's clicked and it's slowed down for him. Uh, I know Staley, when he was asked – uh, he credited the the not only the coaches, but he credited the veterans in the, in, in the locker room, in, in that lineman room, saying, "Hey, you know what? These veterans are are showing him tricks. They're helping him set him up." Because I mean, it was never a question whether there were athletic traits about Pipkins that meant he could be a good offensive tackle in the NFL. There was always traits. He was a very traitsy guy. He had good measurables. Everyone thought, "Okay, this guy could be." I mean, was it? He's got left tackle feet. Is that what? Uh, uh, Telesco would say about him. He's got left tackle feet. Um, that's great. He just, the technique was not there and the mental ability to process, pick the right assignment, choose the right defensive technique, uh, defensive hands technique or and foot placement technique. It just wasn't there. And for some reason, again, whether it's coaching, whether it's the veteran presence locker room or everything, it seems to have clicked for him. It's only two games. It's a small sample size, but it is actually really, really encouraging. Do I think he's going to be our right tackle, a starter of the future to play opposite uh, of Rashawn Slater? I do not think so. I, I still don't. I mean, he still has a long way to go to be that dependable. But do I think now we might have found that swing tackle, you know, first first man up when we do have an injury? I think we might have. I think there is promise enough there to think I think he could be there. That was, I think, has always going to be his role. I just I never saw him developing into a full-time starter. But being that dependable next man up 
uh, tackle either on the right or the left side. That's such a huge asset to have as depth. And, and if he really is turning into that, that would be a massive, massive development for this team. So I'm positive that um, that there is more for him to grow. And I, and I think that he can get there. I, I just don't know how much. So either way, it's all good stuff. I mean, I and you know me, I'm a resident basher of Pipkins. I I've, I've talked a lot of crap on him. I was I was sucked into thinking that there might be something there, and then having him fail over and over again just it, it hurts a lot. But yeah, I'm willing I'm willing to say, look, you know, I, I jumped ship on him. I thought that he was completely useless, and you know, maybe it was coaching, maybe it was culture. I don't know. Something before wasn't there, and, and now it is, and, and I'm pretty excited for it. Look, we, we've all seen it in our personal lives where you've gone to a workplace and you don't thrive because. You can't relate to the personnel around you, and maybe it is a culture change. Maybe, maybe our uh, coaches are spending more time. Maybe the locker room is putting an arm around the likes of Pipkins and 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 people that are not performing. Say, guys, you can do this, and that is the makings of a, of a or, or the the foundations of a good team. But we're going to find out on, on Sunday because let's not let's be honest. The Raiders are going to come out to play. They're not going to lie down. Um, they're going to come out to play and it, it's up to us to take the game and dissect them and put it to bed. I mean, just looking at uh, DVOA now, special teams. Anybody know what we're at? What, what rank? We've got a nosebleed. 23. Holy cow. 23. Steady on. Getting a bit that, dizzy. Look, I, look, I don't even that, know what to do with that. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. We, that, that, that is a massive improvement. Oh, flush. Um, 32 last year, 32 the year before, 32 heading to about week seven or eight of this season. Um, and Denver across the board, um, offense 15, defense 21. Sorry, offense 22, defense nine, and, and special teams 20. So, look, they, they, they've got the ability to win games. I just think that we're going to see how far we've come under Brandon Staley because this is arguably it is this is the biggest game of his of his uh, head coaching career bez are you confident that we've got enough knowledge within the camp under staley to overcome the the, the raiders on on sunday from a, from a technical uh, point of view well, I, I, before you get to me onto technical, I tell you're creeping towards asking for us all for a prediction, and I ain't making one. It's too much on the line. You know, it was too much that Rivers' touchdown record went. That was too much emotion for me this week. <laughs> to go and make a prediction about what we're going to do in the last game, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to sit, enjoy, see what happens on the day. We know the keys to the game. We know the offensive line is playing some of its best football. We know that the D-line with Justin Jones and Bosa Healthy is playing some of its best football, certainly compared to early on in, in the season. And we know that the secondary with Derwin James can hunt. We just need to make sure we're healthy. Even Mike Williams is going out and just capturing the ball mid-flight, stretching out for over a thousand yards this season, leaving his COVID worries behind him. I'm just looking forward to enjoying it, seeing if I can keep myself awake to watch the thing. The biggest game since I've been a Chargers fan, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. That is a that's a politician's answer. Dan. Come on, help me out. Have we, have we, are we going to go? Are we going to see fourth and Staley? Are we going to be conservative? Are we going to be out coached? Come on. I hope we see the return of fourth and Staley because it's like, for the most part, I've been a fan of it. It was that one game where it seemingly scared him uh, after it, where we kind of didn't didn't show up on fourth down, and they they were questionable decisions to go for it in in those situations. But I think. 
we need to see the return of fourth and steady as as john said we need to um be aggressive go out there build up a lead and i think we're capable of it i think we're capable of it i think we've got the best unit in that game i think um that overall we're a better team and well, we have a head coach so i mean that's a good start yeah. um, when you're comparing <laughs> the coaching um so I, I i think that we'll see a good game um unless jacksonville beat indy um <laughs> yeah in which case we might see that three hours of kneeling but <laughs> um yeah I, i'd say i've booked monday off work so i'm staying up to watch um yeah, it's gonna be a rough beat. it's gonna be a rough monday for us on this side of the pond <laughs> yeah. john john come on i can see you've got a lot to say come on i got nothing are, are, you, are you as confident as you were against denver I mean, if if I'm being perfectly honest, I think uh, I think we bash those Raider Nation into submission. I've got some advice for anybody in the Raiders who are thinking about looking ahead and going, hey, who might we play in the first round? Should I book tickets to Kansas City, Missouri to see that first playoff game versus potentially the Chiefs? Here's what I'm going to say. Go ahead, and we're about to Djokovic you. We're about to keep you stuck in Vegas. You're not going anywhere, baby. That's right. That's a timely Djokovic reference. He's stuck in Melbourne Airport. Uh, anyways, I, I, I don't think they lose to the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are a good team. I think they play well in spurts, but I think the Chargers are more motivated than they could possibly be motivated. I honestly think that the best thing possible for them was that loss to the Texans. And I know it sucks, right, because I know – had they, I mean, had they beat the Texans, and if somehow the Broncos were to pull out a win over Kansas City, technically there would still be a chance at the division. Actually, um, that was still in the. But you know what? It was a far-fetched chance for me. The loss to the Texans, I think, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, scared this team into the reality that they have to play every game. They can't not show up. They can't just cruise through it. They have to play like every game's the last game of the season. Guess what? It is the last game of the season. Justin Herbert in prime time is prime Justin Herbert. Okay. The Chargers in prime time, they have shown ever since they got Justin Herbert. So I have full confidence that they can go into Las Vegas and that they can pull out a victory. There's no doubt in my mind that they're going to beat them. And I am already looking ahead to how I can get to Kansas City for playoff game number one, where he beats Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City for a second time in a season. Juice, juice. I'm waiting for it. Before we go on to predictions, uh, Brian Ricks, uh, friend of the show, he's fired up. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to take you all back to December 28th, 2008. Chargers were 7-8. and eight. They needed to beat Denver to get to a wildcard spot. LaDainian Tomlinson scored three touchdowns. Philip Rivers went 50, uh, 15 of 20, uh, two touchdowns. Chargers dropped a 50-burger on Denver. I'm not saying we're going to drop 50 on the Raiders, maybe 45. But I wrote in the uh, latest article, uh, Charged at Bolts, the Raiders have got home advantage. They've got the spirit of John Madden. But what they don't have is Justin Herbert. And he's going to be the difference maker on Sunday. With all, all the pieces on the, on, the, on the field, Herbert is going to be the one that's going to make things happen. And I, I don't think we're going to see fourth and Staley. I don't think we're going to need it, quite frankly. 
Um, but I, I, I'm not saying we're going to drop a 50 on the Raiders, but I think we're going to come out firing like a like a, a racing car, like a V8 monster. That's my that's what I feel. So prediction time. I'm going to go to Dan first. 27-13. Chargers. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> come on, Bez. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> This is a man that makes more bold predictions than all right. Bold bold prediction, bold prediction, and it's an exciting second choice to go into the playoffs. We lose, but we get to start talking about the draft on this podcast. How about that? No, no, just, just, just don't. (laughs) Weak, my friend. When he comes down to it, he couldn't eat his hat. John, um, I think they, I, I think the the. The score might be closer than we think. I think it's. Uh, I think uh, I'm thinking like 17 to three um, at halftime because they're going to end up winning 34 to 34 to 10. I think. Fair. Fair. 34 to 10. That that that's not bad. I, I, to be fair, I've I've got the uh, I, I've got uh, the Raiders scoring at least 14 points, but I think the Chargers are going to win it 28 uh, 14. And I think we're gonna we're gonna see that the Raiders scoring in in garbage time in the fourth quarter, quite frankly, which means we can we can hook Herbert with three or four minutes to go, put anybody he wants in at quarterback, and then rest up and get ready for Kansas City boys. Look, this time next week we're either gonna be talking talking about uh, wild card or the draft, and I'm super confident that we can beat the Raiders on prime time and show all the doubters what we're capable of. Has anybody got any final uh, points? Apart from Brian giving you sick beds because you didn't <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it, but I'm just not doing Do you know what? A little bit of a tidbit. Every time we all predict a win, the Chargers lose. So just feel grateful that I've not predicted a Chargers win today. <laughs> well, to be honest, I've got lots Galaxy of Galaxy brain wrong stuff right there. Galaxy brain. Galaxy brain. <laughs> any, any final points, guys? Are we nervous? Not no. really. No, just enjoying it. I'm enjoying it's all about it. I'm enjoying primetime. I'm enjoying all the attention. You know, they like to bury the Chargers when they can, and yes. they can't bury them. This is the most exciting game of the entire weekend. No game has more high stakes than this. It is a play-in game. And I love this narrative about, oh, what if they tie and kneel it? Nobody's doing that. 37-21. You're letting them have 21 points, Brian? I'm just Brian's, Brian's, <laughs> Brian's letting them have 21. 21, well, that's success. No, anyways, but I, I just think I'm just excited to have the whole world going to be able to watch yeah. Justin Herbert in prime time secure a win yeah. for his team into the playoffs. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be bittersweet, and I hope Dan Orlovsky chokes on all, this, all the touchdowns <laughs> that Herbert scores. Listen, guys, enjoy the game. We'll be back next week uh, for the for the second uh, show of 2022. And let's hope we're, we're recapping a great victory and previewing some uh, January football. Bolt up. Bolt up. Bolt up. Bolt up. Bolt up.